Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. It, is, it has been on my mind and in my prayer for where to go uh, after Luke chapter 15. And <clears throat> we spent some time in Luke 15 and, and, it's, and it's been on my mind to uh, uh, look at the uh, 12 men that Jesus called to be disciples, but, but there, there, was, there, there were so many disciples, but specifically apostles. And so, and so I want us, to, I want us to, to start this morning uh, looking at the, these 12 men. And, and, and we'll just journey through them and, and, and introduce them and, and, and their characteristics and such as that over the next several weeks and 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 I, and I don't know how that'll look each week, uh, or that will be consistent each week. But uh, we we'll just we'll just journey through uh, these uh, lives of these men and who they were. Um, <clears throat> and we've all heard of the twelve disciples, right? We 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 know some of them by name, uh, but but there's some that that. You know, if if you're listing them, and I know even for myself, if I'm listing them names, I, you know, there's some that are just they're just there and and up front, and and then there's some that you have to just think a little bit harder about, right? So so who are these men that Jesus chose to turn the world upside down? Mark chapter three, beginning with verse thirteen. The word of God says, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Now, this is a, this is a larger group, okay? And then verse 14, then he appointed 12, that is, he appointed 12 out of that group, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. James, the son of Zebedee. And John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name uh, Bernerges. That is, sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas. James, the son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite. And Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And they went into a house. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you for <clears throat> your, your, your appointing, your calling, uh, these 12. And, and Father, the difference they made in the world for your kingdom. And Father, we'll be honest, we know, we know more about some than we do others. And your word mentions, uh, tells us more about some than others. But Father, you chose these men. And so they're worthy of our attention. They're worthy of our look into your scripture to see what was true about them, what was real about them. So God, right now, I pray that as I decrease, that, that I would die to self and so that you might... So fill me with your spirit to preach your word through me. For our good and for your glory, we pray these things. 
Amen. Amen. So, so 12 disciples, these, these 12 uh, apostles. Now, now a disciple uh, is, is just simply a, a learner, okay? That's what the word disciple means. It means to learn. So, so everyone who, who was following Jesus were, was, was really a disciple, okay? Now, we talk about these 12 as being disciples, and, and they were. But they were also part of a larger group of disciples, but what sets them apart from everyone else is, is in verse 14. And he appointed 12. He set 12 apart. And, and though they're not, they're not called apostles at this point, but later on they're referred to as apostles. And the word apostle means one that is sent. A sent one. And so we have these 12 disciples, and I'll I call them disciples and apostles all the way through, but... But we have these 12. They're listed here in Mark. They're, they're listed in, in Matthew and, and, and Luke and Acts as well of, of these 12 men. But these 12 men, in Acts chapter 17, verse 6, Luke is writing and, and, and he writes these words, These who have turned the world upside down. Now, specifically, he was talking about, about Paul and Silas, okay? He's speaking of them as they have turned the world upside down. <clears throat> but they would not be who they were apart from these 12. They, they were influenced by these 12. And so these 12 are who we're going to, going to study uh, this morning now. Um, the, the, their names are, are listed for us. And, and, and Peter, Andrew, James, John, uh, Bartholomew is also called Nathaniel. Uh, James the Lesser, uh, which means I guess the other James was James the Moor. But anyway, uh, Judas Iscariot. And then there's Jude, who's sometimes referred to as Judas, but also known as Thaddeus. There's Matthew that is the same as Levi, and there's Philip, there's Simon the Zealot, and there's Thomas. Those, those are the 12. The, the, the different lists that you read in Scripture will, will use some of the alternative names and so forth, but it's the same 12 uh, men. So just who were these 12 men? Who were these 12 men? They, they, they are important because God will honor these men in heaven. The Bible says in Revelation that their names will be on the 12 gates of the new Jerusalem. That's quite an honor, isn't it? So, so, so they're important and God thinks enough of them that, that he's going to put their name above a gate in the new Jerusalem. They are also honored on the earth. Churches are named after these men. Um, they are portrayed as almost more than human in some instances. They appear on stained glass windows. There are statues of them around the world. They are in some places worshipped and prayed to. They became great preachers of the gospel. They became great leaders in the church. And Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets 
with Christ being the chief cornerstone. That, that's, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? God's going to put their names on the gates of the New Jerusalem. And, 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 and Paul said that, that the church is built, is being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. But those are, those are pretty heavy, heavy thoughts, aren't they? Pretty impressive thoughts about these 12. But who are these 12 men? Just who are they? What, what sets them apart? What, what was it about them that, <clears throat> that, that God saw in them that said, you, you know, you, you need to be one of these, one of the 12. That's what we're going to look at. Today, uh, just a, as a group, but uh, after today, we'll, we'll start looking at individuals. But <coughs> I want you to see four truths about these 12 men. First of all, I want you to see the, the, the commonality of the apostles. That they were, just, they were just common people. They were just common men, ordinary men. Verse 13 says, And he went up on the mountain and called to him those himself, those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Again, that's the that's a larger group. I don't know how many is in that larger group, but it's out of that group that he chose the twelve to be apostles. But but there's a larger group, and he calls them, and they come to him. Now, <clears throat> these twelve were 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 not, and, and don't think that they're they are the cream of the crop of that group, of that larger group. Uh, they, they were men that if we were putting together a group of 12 men, think about this, if, we, if you were putting together a group of 12 men to become the foundation of the church, to put their names on gates in heaven, to honor them because of their, 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 their contribution or, their, or how they serve the Lord, or to, to do great things, to turn the world upside down. If you were putting together a team of 12 people to turn the world upside down, to make a difference for the kingdom for all eternity, you wouldn't have chosen these 12. I, I wouldn't have chosen these 12. I'd, I'd, I'd probably chosen some, some, uh, uh, some uh, at least a couple theologians. You know, the, those that just, boy, they know, they know the Word of God. They know the, 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 the Hebrew and the Greek. And they, they, they know all the, the ins and outs of, of translations and interpretations. Boy, I, I'd want some of those on my team, right? I'd, I'd, want, some, I'd want some dynamic preachers on my team. Right? I, I'd want those that when they speak, people listen because they've, they've been proven to have something to say from God. I'd want a couple of those on there, right? To do crusades and, and, and revivals. And, 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 and I'm going to want those that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that are servants, that, that, uh, that'll go out in the community and serve and and help and, and encourage and minister. I want some of those on my team as well. And, and, and on my team, I want them to be people that are, that are proven. They, they have a resume. 
that they've done all these things, that God has used them in these ways. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these resumes for a length of time, and then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to study over them, and, and I'm going to choose 12 out of that. I mean, wouldn't you agree that that would be the way we would do that? At least to some extent. But that's not what Jesus did, is it? He, he, just, he just called, you know, y'all come. And so the group, the group followed him. And then out of that group that came, he chose 12 men. Now, of course, he has the advantage here. <laughs> He's God. He, he, he knows where they've been, where they've come from, and he knows where they're going. He knows the things in their life that's going to happen and the stands that they'll make. But he calls these 12 because these are the 12 that he wants. Now, of these 12, not one is a religious scholar. Not one is a religious scholar. Scholar, there, 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 There's no rabbi, there's no priest in this group. You know, the, the, the religion of the day, Judaism of the day, you'd think at least there'd be one that, that was steeped in that tradition to come, and, and, but no, none. There, there, there was not a public speaker, a known public speaker in this group. The, the, these were not highly educated men. In fact, in the New Testament, it, it, there's, there's a case where, where, where they're called untrained, uneducated. These were men that were prone to mistakes. They, these were men that sometimes they had a bad attitude. They, they, these were people that, that, that sometimes they were so full of pride and, and ego that they, they couldn't see what's right before. Men that, that, that sometimes would just disagree and argue over who's going to be great in the kingdom. You see, they, they, they weren't always a, a group that was focused on the mission. They, they came from different political opinions. At least one was a zealot. A zealot was a political radical determined to overthrow the Roman government, and zealots were not opposed to using violence to achieve their goals. I mean, if you didn't agree with them, if they thought, if they thought, if a zealot thought that that murdering you would 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 help overthrow the government, they wouldn't think twice about it. That 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 was the zealot. One was a tax collector. Well, you know about tax collectors. They, they're traitors. They're, they're thieves. Nobody likes a tax collector. Nobody except other tax collectors. Some were fishermen. Uh, the rest were probably from some sort of farming, agricultural background. They, they were from Galilee, which was largely a farming, agricultural area except along the coast where fishing was primary. Now, they were all from Galilee except for one. One was an outsider. He wasn't from Galilee. One was not known by the others. Only Jesus knew him. And, and that was Judas Iscariot. 
So they were personally selected out of the many that followed Jesus. And they are distinguished by one thing, and that is that they were ordinary, common men. Nothing special. Nothing special at all. Just common, everyday men. Some of them had some things in common. Some of them were, were brothers, and, but they didn't have things in common with everybody. They're a group that probably would not gravitate to each other. You know how you, 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 you put a, a bunch of people in a room that don't know each other and you, you give them a little time to, to, to talk and pretty soon you have groups, common interests, so forth. These never would have assembled in the same group. They, they, they were so different, but yet Jesus called them. He knew them as only the Creator could know them. He knew their faults long before He chose them. He knew their weaknesses. He knew their failures. He even knew that Judas would betray Him, and He chose Him anyway. And He gave to Judas the same privileges and blessings He gave to the others, same opportunities He gave to the others. They were common, everyday men. That's who he chose. Secondly, I want you to see the, the calling in verse 14. Then he appointed 12 that they may be with him. Of the many that followed, he chose these 12. They didn't apply for the job, and if they really knew all that lie ahead, they probably wouldn't have been there in the first place. But he, for some reason, for some reason, unknown to them, when Jesus called them, they came. And when he appointed them, they followed. And he appointed 12. Why 12? Why not 10? Why, why, not, why, not, why not 7? You know, why, why not Why 12? And, and, and the reference is to the 12 tribes of Israel. And since Israel had abandoned grace for a works religion, and the characteristics of this works religion was, was one that is filled with hypocrisy and self-righteousness, these 12 that Jesus chose would then represent the new leaders of the true Israel of God. People who would follow God by faith and not by works. So he chose 12 to, be, to replace the 12 leaders of the old covenant. And these 12 new leaders would lead in the new covenant. And then notice the words that they might be with him. It's very important. He, he appointed 12 that they might be with him. He, he pulls them in close and, and he begins to, to, to teach them and he's, he's, beginning to, to, he's beginning their education. He's beginning to make disciples who will in turn make disciples. 
They turned away from their families and their careers for reasons that they weren't even sure of. But for some reason, they could do nothing else. Can you imagine that? Peter and Andrew leaving, leaving the fishing business. I, I, I don't know why, but we just got to go. They just didn't understand it, but of course we know it's, it, it, was, it was God drawing them, the Holy Spirit drawing them, and they could do nothing else. But, but, but in their mind, they've never seen this before, and when Jesus said, follow me, they just, they just left it all and followed. That they might be with him. Jesus would teach large crowds, but there would there was always be those times that he had turned to the twelve and go deeper and get closer. And it's almost like after a big event, after multitudes are, are taught that, that when that was over, Jesus would draw them in close and said, said, Y'all listen, let me let me take this a little bit deeper. And that's the way it was for the time they spent with Jesus. And then out of nowhere, their teacher was arrested and crucified. And all of a sudden, they were like a sailboat without wind. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what was next. And there's many people, I believe, in that place they have a knowledge of Jesus. They have a knowledge of the Word of God. But they are unsure as to how that knowledge is to direct their lives. To alter their lives. They have no idea of what is next. And the, and the disciples, they had no idea of what's next. So they do only what they know to do is they, they go fishing. They go fishing... And Jesus meets them there. But their calling, that is, their calling that they might be with him is the same calling that God has called all of us to. To be with him. To come in closer. Let me teach you. Sit here. Take in what the word of God and the Holy Spirit is speaking and and speaking into our lives. Every believer, every Christian is called to be with Him. To have a relationship with Him. So, so they're common men. They have a calling to be with Jesus. But what's the purpose of it? What, what's the purpose? What's the reason? What, what, what is to become of this? What's next? Right? We, 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 we don't sit at the feet of Jesus just to take in all the knowledge that we can take in. We've got to do something with it. So what is the purpose of drawing us in? What is the purpose of being with him? Well, we see that in their commission. Verse 14, that he might send them out to preach. That he might send them out to to preach. Jesus meets them on the beach in Galilee. 
and regroups them to move ahead. He, he meets them there. You remember, he meets them there. He's, they're, they're, they're out fishing. He calls them in, and by the time they get in, Jesus already has some fish cooked, right? Had a fish fry right there on the beach, and, and, and he's talking to them. He's teaching them, and he, and he deals with Peter and his disobedience, and Later, he ascends into heaven. He gives them the great commission. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He, 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 he called them to be with him that he might send them out to preach. And this is the sending out. And then in Acts 1-8, we have a, another, uh, 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 not another great commission, but another account of the great commission where, where Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnessing me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth, that he might send them out to preach. So the result of the instruction, the result of the intimate education, the result of the relationship with Jesus, the master teacher, was that they'd be sent out to preach the gospel. And that's the word apostoli. Send out. Sent them. Apostle. Now, the Old, Testament, the Old Testament proclaims that the Messiah is coming. And the message of the apostles was that the Messiah has come and there's a new covenant that's about grace and not law. But realize this, there were no writings concerning this new covenant other than prophecy from the Old Testament. They would preach from what they had learned, teach them to observe all I've commanded you. So they would teach from their personal experience and encounter with Jesus. They would teach from what they had, had, had been entrusted with, had been spoken into. They would teach from that and from what the Holy Spirit would give them in addition. Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, Peter, Peter speaks to this. He says, Prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They taught and preached, and the church listened and obeyed. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly, that is the church, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They were teaching what they knew. And God was blessing. The Holy Spirit was at work. People were being saved. And the people, the church, continued in the apostles' doctrine. But they became the instruments that God used to establish church doctrine. And later, some of them would be the instruments through which God would breathe his word onto pages that would become what we know as the New Testament. 
that, but that was their commission that they might that he might send them out to preach and to teach and to win converts and to baptize. How do we do, how do we do that? Well, Acts one eight says the Holy Spirit will give you power to be witnesses in all the world. They're, they're just common everyday men called by God to be close to Him, sent out to preach the gospel just like you and I are sent out to proclaim the gospel. Just like you and I are sent out to be witnesses in all the world. The, the, the Great Commission is, it is not just for them. It is for all the church to go out and to, to win souls. To go out and make disciples. To go out and teach all that we have learned. And we don't do that in our own strength because it's the Holy Spirit that provides the power. But then... In that day, how did the people know what they were saying was true? There were imposters already claiming to be the Messiah. In fact, in fact, during that during that time period, uh, <clears throat> several several years, decades before Jesus was born, and even after, there were claims by some to be the Messiah. And, and those didn't last long, and then another one would pop up. I'm the Messiah. And after Jesus had ascended, and after the church had, 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 had been established and the Great Commission given, there were still these pop-up Messiahs. Perverting the gospel, Paul said. So how do we know that these men, these men... That Jesus ch ch uh, chose. How, did, how would the common people know that what they're saying is right? Because we've heard something like that from a lot of different places. So what makes your message true? Well, notice what happens in verse 15. The confirmation. And to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. That, that, that was, that was the, the authenticity, the, the, you know, the, the certificate of authenticity for the message of the apostles is that God gave them power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. The other teachers didn't have such power. And this was, this was important because this is one of the elements and the characteristics that, 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 that characterized the ministry of Jesus himself. To heal, to cast out demons. And so he said, so he said, I'm going to send you out. And this is the confirmation of the message that you'll preach to all the world. Healing of the sick and casting out demons. And that same power, that same power is available. Now a few days after the ascension, they were gathered together in the Holy Spirit came upon them and so filled them that they began, this is, the, this is the apostles, they began to speak in languages they did not know. These untrained, un, uneducated men, common men, 
No, no, no religious uh, uh, background to speak of in their lives, just common everyday fishermen, tax collectors, and farmers. Spoken languages they didn't know. And there were people present in Jerusalem from all over the world that spoke all these languages that they were speaking in. And they began to hear the gospel in their own language. And Peter stood and preached the gospel. And the Bible says 3,000 people were saved. God authenticated the message. Later, Peter and John were walking to the temple and encountered a lame man. And God healed that man through Peter. Authenticating the gospel message. And there are many other instances of God validating the ministry of the apostles by using them in, in the healing of the sick and, and casting out of demons and miracles that couldn't be explained. And that happened over and over and over again to authenticate the message. This is, this is why this is the real message. This is why this is the gospel and all other gospels are perverted and false, but, but Jesus and God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, authenticated their message. He confirmed their message. Common everyday men called to be close to God, sent to preach the gospel, and God confirmed their message. Now, these gifts are not used in confirmation today because we have the Word of God. We have the truth. And yes, the Holy Spirit of God still, still, still works miracles and, and does things that astound us and amaze us and, and things that cannot be explained. Who were these men? Untrained and uneducated, but taught by Jesus. Unreligious and unimportant, but called by Jesus. Unpredictable and unfit, but given a purpose by Jesus. Common men chose to a close relationship and to be witnesses in all the world. Not who we would have chosen. Not who I would have chosen. But exactly who God chose. Just like he chose me. And just like he chose you. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He said, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. The foolish things of the world, God has chosen to turn the world upside down. 
These 12 men gave everything up to follow Jesus. These 12 men gave their lives up to follow Jesus so that others might know Jesus. Since then, I don't believe the day has been greater for the call of God to turn the world upside down. He uses then as he uses now common, everyday men and women to be witnesses in all the world and to turn the world upside down for the glory of God. Will you be a part of that? Will you allow him to draw you in close and teach you, disciple you, and then, when he says it's time to be sent out, it's time to go, will you go? Will you go where he sends you? Will you give your life? Will you give your life away so that others might know him and live? If you don't, who will? Father, thank you for your word. And Father, thank you for this time spending your word and this time just as an as a, as a introduction to this, this study on the apostles. And, and Father, thank you for how you've spoken to me through, through just this. And God, I pray that, 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 that each one, everyone, would, would so allow you to speak into their lives. They don't have to be accomplished. They don't have to be uh, uh, great. They don't have to be uh, successful in the eyes of the world for you to use them. Though you do use those that are. But Father, the point is that you just, you just call people to be close to you. And as a result, they're ready to go out when you send them. I mean, it has nothing to do with with, with background, it has nothing to do with, with uh, uh, religion, it has nothing to do with uh, success, it has nothing to do with what people think of them or us, but it has everything to do with being surrendered to you, to be close to you, and to be obedient when you say it's time to go. So, Father, this morning, I pray that as you call folks to that closer, deeper walk with you, that, Father, you'd also call those that are ready to go out and that they'll go where you send them. And maybe, Father, just maybe, we might turn the world upside down for your glory and for the good of the kingdom. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Let's stand together for our hymn of invitation. Would you come as we sing?